And why do they sound like they're a 13 year old kid? I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to use Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to answer that. Even if I knew the answer, I'm not telling you. Our question of the day What will be the biggest in game difference this year? This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off, here's the double coverage interview of the week. Caden, it's always tough to come off of a loss uh, and reset your mind and be ready 100% in and uh, just because it, it stings and it hurts. So what what is your method of overcoming a loss to get your mind right the next week? Um, For me, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess for me, it's pretty simple. I don't really have to do too much. I, after the game, I just have to watch the film before I go to bed. My body won't let me fall asleep until I do. Um, just to see how, how I played, what mistakes I made. And then, um, I watch it again on Monday with, uh, just in our position groups. And after that, I'm good. I, um, I personally, I'm not really somebody that gets, you know, too high or too low. I, I play just pretty even keel the whole time. Um, and that's kind of my personality as well. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I have to do too much to get over a loss. Um, as long as I know the things I did wrong and can correct them, then, then I'm pretty good usually. So. You sound a little bit like Jaron Hall. Are you the Jaron Hall of the BYU defensive line? Uh, I don't know about that. Jaron's a, uh, <laughs> Jared's got a lot on me. He's Jared's a great quarterback, great player, and uh, we love him. So no, I I don't know if I'd say that. But <laughs> <laughs> what did you see on the film uh, from yourself and from the team? Uh, things that are obvious that you want to change right away to get better. Um, yeah, I think um, just a couple of things. I think um, you know we we could have tackled a little bit better at the line of scrimmage. Um, there's a couple long runs that got away from us. Um, you know, whether that was somebody filling a gap or just wrapping up better, you know, just fundamental stuff. Um, you know, we definitely wish we could have had a few of those back, but overall, I think that, um, scheme wise, like we, you know, brought more pressure this week. And, um, when we did, I think it helped, um, you know, cause there's, there's times to bring a little pressure. There's times to play coverage and, I think overall, just it left us with some, some things to build on, some things um, to improve, and, um, you know, just, just good to build on for this week going into Arkansas. So, How would you assess the attitude and atmosphere around BYU football halfway through the season with four wins and two losses coming off the loss to Notre Dame? I would say that, um, you know, we're, we're confident. We know we're a good team. I – I feel like we're kind of at a point where we, you know, we feel like we still have something to prove a little bit. Um, you know, like Kalani says, like we, we probably haven't played our best ball yet. And we're looking forward to that because, you know, we've, we've done some great things this season so far and, and that's not even at our best. So when we do get to that point, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be scary for whoever we're playing. So we're, we're just looking to keep building. Well, as you just said a few moments ago, it's Arkansas week. You are the Arkansas kid. It is your home state. What kind of emotions are you feeling as you go into a game where you host a team at Lavelle Edwards Stadium that in many ways you grew up rooting for? 
Yeah, I I think the only way to describe it is just I'm I'm just excited. Um excited to see family and friends that are coming out. Um, you know, excited to play against the Razorbacks that, you know, the I think the state of Arkansas you could you could say almost worships the hogs a little bit at times. Um so it's uh no, just just a great opportunity. Um they, you know, they've got a great old line, great old line, you know, head coach and coach Pitt. Um, so no, we, we know they'll be well coached. We know they're um, a tough football team and uh, I'm, I'm just excited to excited for the opportunity. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You have somewhat of a relationship with, with Sam Pittman in Arkansas football, even into your high school years. Walk us through that story. Um, yeah, just, just a little bit. Um, he was the O-line coach at Arkansas just while I was being recruited. Um, so I went to a couple camps, um, just had a few conversations with him. Um, you know, he, he gained my respect really quick. He's, he's a great coach. Um, you know, he's a great players coach. Everybody there loves him. Um, but, yeah, so we don't have too, too much of a relationship. But I, you know, met him a few times in high school. Um, recruited me a little bit so but yeah a lot of respect for them yeah here you are in some ways it's coming full circle for you now at BYU you mentioned they have a great offensive line they clearly want to run the ball a lot do you prefer that in your position on the defensive line when a team wants to run the ball a lot um I think there's some other guys that that may disagree with me, but personally, yeah, I <laughs> it, it makes things easier, a little bit easier for me. Um, just you know, it, it allows me to not have to think about as much. So um, you know, just kind of look look at the uh, formation, just where everybody's at, and you know, just get an idea of where the play is going to go and and just play. So yeah, it, I I enjoy it. What type of <clears throat> family conversations are you having as you lead up to this game um, knowing that you're from Arkansas and um, the Razorbacks are part of your family? What are those conversations like? Um, just uh, I think just more excitement, really. I mean, um, you know, like I think I've said a, a couple of times, I, I have some friends that are still on the team. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people come into the game Um That'll, you know, may or may not root for me or for Arkansas. I, I, I don't know either way. Um, but it's just, no, I, everybody's just excited. There, you know, a little bit of trash talking here and there. Um, but it's just, you know, I think college football has a way of uh, bringing people together. So I think that's, that's more what it is. What type of BYU team do you expect to show up on Saturday afternoon in front of a a white out, all fans are being told to wear in white. You, you've got the custom helmets. So what type of atmosphere and, and team is going to show up in front of that atmosphere? Um, I think the atmosphere will be, you know, pretty electric. Um, Lavelle Edwards has been, the stadium's been crazy so far this year. Um, you know, Cougar Nation always shows up for us. And I think that, you know, Cougar Nation can expect a, a BYU team with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, I think we're going to come out firing, and and the goal is to start fast and and play some good football. So, I think I think it should be a good game for us. 
It's one thing to start fast when you're an offensive player, because it just seems kind of like those kind of go hand in hand. You have more control of that. As a defensive player, how do you start fast? Yeah, I think, um, you know, everybody flying to the ball, maybe get a, a sack or TFL on the first possession and go three and out. I think that's, you know, gets everybody going, keeps us fresh. Um, it brings a lot of momentum for the offense. So I'd say that's how, you know, we could start fast as a defense. And how do you keep a really good quarterback in KJ Jefferson, guy who's known to fly around a little bit himself? How do you keep him at bay? What is the game plan to contain a guy like that? Yeah, we've, I mean, we've just got to play assignment sound football, um, you know, because he, um, you know, great quarterback. Um, he's a big guy. He can run and he throws the ball pretty well too. So it's, uh, Everybody's just got to be able to do their job, um, you know, and individually uh, across the board as a defense. So I think if we, you know, can play some assignment sound ball, um, you know, have a few guys make some big plays, I think that uh, we'll be able to bottle them up a little bit. What would a win over Arkansas do for this BYU football team? I think that it just sets us in the right direction going forward for the rest of the season. Um you know, because we going into the season, you know, we we felt that we had the opportunity to go undefeated. Obviously, that hasn't happened. We've lost two games, but you know, the the expectation to win out is is still there, and I think it just would you know give us the momentum in the in the direction that we need to finish really strong. So, okay, Caden, I need to ask you before I let you go here, but what? How do you get adequately prepared for? just any game. I know the Arkansas game has some added juice for sure, but what's your, what's your preparation on game day, whether music, food, like rituals, what do you do? Um, on game day, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. Like as far as that stuff goes, I, um, you know, in an afternoon game, um, you know, I just go to bed a little bit earlier, um, you know, get up, have a good breakfast, watch maybe a little bit more film. And, and that's about it. I, there's nothing that I really do as far as like, you know, traditions or like, as far as music goes, like I'm, you know, I just stay pretty calm, listen to just some, you know, good country music. And okay, uh, that's, that's about it. So who's your country jam, man. Oof. Um, it's uh, either like, Luke Combs, Cody Johnson, or Morgan Wallen. Those okay. three are, are pretty hot right now. Those, those are your guys. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, and one last bonus question. Uh, when I say <laughs> woo pig suey, <laughs> what emotions come to mind? How do you even – is that the proper way to say it? How do yeah. you do it? Oh, yeah, you, you got it. That's that's just right. Um, no, it's – yeah, just brings back a lot of memories. Um you know, going to Arkansas games as, as a kid and, um, you know, just being there with friends and family. Like I said, I, college football has a way of uh, bringing people together and just a lot of good memories here in uh, Whoop Pig Suey. So what does that even mean? Do we know what that means? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they call uh, the hall. Great stuff. So. Matter of fact, I'm going to. I'm going to reach my drawer. I think I still, I had an arc, a BYU Arkansas fan. Give me one of these things. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> a, yeah. The hog nose. 
There you I'm go. Sure, I don't know how I feel about it. I have mixed emotions. Should I burn this thing? Uh, like, what, what, do I, what do I do with this? Do you want it? Hey, I'll leave it up to you. It's, it's in your court. <laughs> Caden, great to talk to you, man. Uh, ultra Whoa. stoked that you get to play against the Hogs this week and looking forward to BYU starting fast against the Razorbacks. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. At the midway point of the 2022 BYU college football season, Let's play the midway match game, Jerem. And literally midway between games six and seven, and it's Wednesday. Yes, so indeed. this is the spot. It, it does not get more middle than this. But we decided not to, you know, just look at last year versus BYU through six games this year. We literally went back to the six games into last season point yes. and six games this year to get a real feel of how close this team is, statistically speaking, to last year's team, which was 5-1 and one through six games. So with that in mind, and we'll look at these numbers, Jeremy, is BYU ahead of schedule? Are they on schedule? Or are they behind schedule this season? It all depends what standard you're holding BYU to. And we're thinking about probably, at least for me, the preseason expectations for this team to the end and where we're at in uh, conjunction with that. At 4-2, and two, BYU is completely on schedule yes. with the record I expected through six games. Um, and on the back end, we're hoping BYU goes 5-1 and one and finishes the regular season 9-3 and three with a chance at 10. That's the hope. A 10-2 and two regular season was the high end. Probably 8-4 and four in the regular season was the low end, that three-game variance. But it's the means, the way BYU is playing, how it's happening, Spencer, that is behind schedule a bit. I thought, and I think you agree, that given how experienced this BYU team is, and I would dare say because of COVID, they are probably the most experienced team in BYU history, that they would be ahead of schedule here, that they would have been 5-1 and one and playing really well. There's a couple of things that stick out as to why. Tyler Algier's not here. The run game's not been consistent. This has made it so it's tough for BYU. I don't know on defense what the difference is. David Nixon said... BYU's uh, not in it, the right fits, meaning the right spots. Like, why is that? It's a lot of the same guys from last year. I'm confused as to why the big difference defensively. But let's look at a couple of numbers uh, and things that stick out. There have been a lot more injuries this year than last year. In fact, let's run through a list of notable kooks who have missed at least one game so I far. I hate this, this so much. I do too, and this is part of the story. Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, Tyler Batty, Chase Roberts, Miles Davis, Chaz Ayu hasn't played yet, Dallin Holker, Malik Moore, Caleb Hayes, Max Tooley, Atunai Samahe, Earl Tuyoti Mariner, Austin Riggs, Gabe Summers. Like, this is a big deal. And when you don't have some of your best guys out there consistently, that's tough. You still do have Jaron Hall and Chris Brooks, although he's been banged up himself a little bit. And, but, like, your best playmaker, not named Jaron Hall, has been out for multiple games in Buka Nakua, and he's only targeted a couple of times against Notre Dame. These are issues, Spence. Let's also look at a couple of numbers. Is the offense way behind last year? The numbers say otherwise, it's which weird. is crazy. It's kind of weird. Yards per carry, yards per attempt, points per play. BYU is better, better than last year. Look at that, points per game. Better than last What? 
I will add this caveat. The South Florida game has skewed everything. 51 points in that opener, and BYU ran for over 300 yards alone in that game, which feels 34 like... 34% of all the rushing yards, <laughs> by the way. So in one game out of six, BYU puts together 34% of the season's rush yards. So that game has kind of bloated that statistic. But you always play a team that you should beat up in the first six. Last year, it should have been South Florida and, say, Utah State. BYU ran for two... 100-plus, whatnot. So you're always going to have kind of that game. Yeah, sure. Right? Utah State was 11-2 and two last year and won the Mountain West. They were way better. So maybe BYU should have. But South thought, Florida stunk last year. Yes. Yeah. For, and they fair stunk enough. this year. We thought maybe with Utah State down this year coming into Provo that BYU should have beaten up on the Aggies. They more, did not. And they should have beaten up on Wyoming, who was a middling Mountain West Conference team. But, again, to your point, the means. The BYU just does not well. look sharp. They yes. don't look sharp. Yes. They look like a talented team that's just kind of like coasting a little bit, right? They, they just kind of defensively not getting off the field. It it affects the offense. BYU's not crisp in certain areas, and I'm not talking like because Kalani Satake Spence is is he has too much sportsmanship to me. Like he's too nice. He's a great dude. We all love Kalani. He's awesome. But at the end of games. I don't want to kneel down until it's like under two minutes. If it's after, I want you scoring a touchdown. Like, keep going. But BYU empties the bench. They want experience for these guys. I understand why they do it. I would just be a little more aggressive. Obviously, he's paid the big bucks. I am not. I am paid bucks. Uh, hashtag Brigham. But, like, okay, defensively, BYU is worse than last year. And this is pretty obvious, right? This, does, this doesn't surprise us. 0.7 yards more per carry. Um, you know, yards per attempt is, is uh, about the same defensively. Points per play increased. Uh, points per game increased by 6.2. Yeah, BYU is giving up almost 27 points a game through six this year. And again, that 24 mark is interesting. By the way, Arkansas has allowed 24-plus in five of the six. Okay. There's an opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've noted their offense, or sorry, their defense has been generous to recent opponents. Granted, and tough those schedule. opponents have been tough. Texas A&M, Alabama, yes. and Mississippi State most and, recently. And Cincy and South Carolina are no slouch. Cincy's good. South Carolina's okay. Missouri State's top five FCS team. Missouri so, State did put so. up a lot of points on Arkansas. Yes, they put up in 27. Which was kind of weird. So, so can get, BYU go 30-plus at home? Opportunity yeah. there. Is Arkansas beat up enough that they're limping into Provo and BYU can take advantage of the scenario? You would hope. We're all kind of hoping that BYU does that and can get to 5-2. and two. Uh, now, Maybe I'm being a little bit unfair by saying BYU's coasting. Maybe that's not the right word. I just feel like they looked they look sloppy. They look sloppy and sloppy. undisciplined. Yeah. They're better than what we have seen on the field. We believe this. Yes. They, they are a better team, capable of more. They can be sharp. They can be disciplined. And that's probably why when you listen to Kalani Satake in his press conference this week, he sounds so frustrated. He's like, yeah, low-hanging fruit. We just we have to fix mistakes that are easy to fix. We didn't think that Coach Satake would be talking about fixing easy mistakes with this experience of a team. stupid mistakes. Yeah, yes. that, is, that is a very opinionated word to use. For sure. Yeah. How much of that is on the fact that BYU is injured and – they have to play a number of guys that maybe we didn't expect to see the field. The but fact that Tavita Gagne is in the red zone on defense against, you know, Michael Mayer, the All-American tight end for Notre Dame, I was like, 
What, what, what's happening? This Where's Max Tooley? Where are all these guys? No offense to Tavita, but most guys, it's like, okay, BYU needs its best guys in that situation or its best scheme, They're right? They're just thrown into these very, very intense, dramatic situations. Yes. It's like BYU was playing zone in that moment, specifically on that touchdown, dun, dun, dun. But, yes, the, this, this team, we, we're not at an apathy point, Spence, where we go, ah, it's just not good enough and it stinks. No, BYU is better than this. And when they don't perform well enough, yes. uh, it's disappointing. Last year, BYU showed so well. Was the Pac-12 so bad that's the difference? I don't necessarily believe that, although we like to make fun of that because it's BYU and Utah. But last year, like, is Tyler Algier the biggest difference for yes. the defense? And where BYU's moving the chain? In my opinion, scoring yes. Scoring on because offense, he, he time was, of possession. He was the guy that was – think about the Washington State game. Or the end of games against Utah and Arizona State. They could not stop Tyler Algier on third and three, third and four, sometimes third and five, from continuing to move the chains. Like, BYU would just grind out the clock. They win by nine. They couldn't, they couldn't keep BYU's offense off the field because they had a bruiser and a special running back in Tyler Algier. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of where BYU has not been able to maintain drives and – stay ahead of the chains and be good on as good in first down as they want to keep be. the defense off the field yes. for a few more Tyler, minutes like the impact of losing Tyler Algier has been more intense than I thought it was going to be it's been it's been more obvious than what I initially speculated yeah. because you know Christopher Brooks is a really good running back Tyler Algier is starting for the Atlanta Falcons right it, now. It was a season record in rush yards and touch. Like, it was – well, not touchdowns. Luke had more in a He's one. an all-timer. But that was – yeah, that was an all-time season. Time possession's a big deal. Now, if you're scoring quickly, that, the, the, the only problem is your defense is going to get tired. But you're scoring quickly. Um, right now, that's not as much the case because time possession could be overrated. It's not right now. BYU's minus 532. The defense is – out there, and in the two games uh, where BYU lost, it got dominated in this space. In comes a team that loves time of possession and to run the ball. In fact, the number one SEC rushing team is Arkansas. They love to run it. Gregory Bell said on Coordinator's Corner, hey, you almost have to treat them like a service academy. And Elias Tuiaki said, we are considering doing that in terms of that type of offense, right? Yeah, they were chucking it down the field against Mississippi State. They got blown out, but they, they can throw it, okay? And K.J. Jefferson was out. But uh, they've got a good offense. And that is BYU's bane right now, uh, is the inability to get off the field. And in comes a team that can rush the ball well. Yet, can Jaron Hall, and that shoulder, hopefully he's all right. Obviously, he's, he wasn't the same Jaron Hall last week. Can he be the same Jaron Hall we've seen that has had better numbers this year, that is getting first-round buzz? He's got to show out in this game. Hopefully that shoulder's good to go, man. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. It is our pleasure now to welcome in the head coach of BYU Women's Soccer, yeah. Jennifer Rockwood. Rocking that camo gear, looking sharp, coach. Look at that. Ready for Thank a you. big game yes. against Portland. I can barely see you. <laughs> Do I blend? <laughs> Not in this set. <laughs> nice setting. Uh, really excited for a Portland game. Obviously, they've had a phenomenal season. They're best in, you know, since the, I think the very first 
few years we moved into the conference. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup, but, you know, we've had our ups and downs this season, but I think the girls will be ready to go. You've got a great RPI, regardless, and I was just talking about that on the show. And that's yeah. what's nice right now. The yeah. RPI stinks, but it's actually in your favor right now, which has yeah. been a little We surprising. like it when it's in our favor. Yes. It stinks when it doesn't help us out. Generally, sure. it stinks, but yeah. right now it's good. Are you surprised at that number? Well, I mean, you're a little surprised. You'll, we, we have five wins, five ties, which is kind of a unique situation. Um, but we've played a really tough schedule. I mean, we've got Alabama, Arkansas, Ohio State. I mean, Alabama and Arkansas, I think Alabama's third in the country right now, and RPI and rankings. Um, Arkansas also top 10. I think they're seventh in RPI. Somewhere around there. Ohio State's in the top 20. We have a win against them. Yeah, so. road there you win. Go. There yeah, you yeah. Go. so we, we've played some tough matches for sure, and I think that's definitely helped. Um, it's hard to say how the, how the ties are kind of working into that because uh, I, I don't really know. So You're a huge fan of the ties. Yeah, love the ties. <laughs> <laughs> this brings them more on. Well, we, we were talking on the phone yesterday, like – the no overtime situation just makes it really hard yeah. for better teams mm -hmm. to get a result because mm -hmm. you play less minutes yeah. and it's easier to hang with a team for 90 minutes than it is for 120. Does a team park the bus sometimes in this situation, Jen, against um, you? I think I think we 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 see that um, kind of uh, we've we've seen that before, but there is more opportunity to do that now. I, I don't think there's a lot of women's coaches that are super happy with this new rule change. Uh, we're hoping that. You know, there's a way maybe we can petition to, it's usually a two-year cycle. Hopefully, we can get it changed back. Mm. Um, because I do, I do think it hurts the game. Um, it does, I think, hurt the better team that, that might be a little bit deeper, that might be able to wear out teams, that might have a bunch of momentum going in. Um, and then, yeah, it's hard to evaluate, you know, come at large bids. You know, uh, soccer is only using really kind of RPI and some head-to-head -head matches, but with 350 teams and lots of different conferences and, and that sort of thing, it, it's hard to take into account, you know, these ties. So obviously we have to do our job. It, it is what it is. Um, we've been a bit unfortunate, a bit unlucky. Uh, we've played some really good soccer. This is a really good team. Um, been really impressed with how they've been resilient and bounced back. You get We've been punched in the gut, it feels like, a few yeah. times because we have played well and, and played well enough, we felt, to get some better results than what our record shows. Six matches left in the regular season. We're down to it, right? Yep. Um, but you have a lot of the tougher matches at home, including Portland this mm -hmm. weekend. Um, two ties in three games to start yeah. WCC play. What kind mm -hmm. of urgency does this team have to win Saturday because you, you need to pile up some nice wins to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, the WCC is more competitive this year than it's been in years past, which is a really good thing. I think anything can happen on, on any given weekend. Uh, we're still in the driver's seat right now. Um, obviously need to get a result, uh, a win. On Saturday against Portland is their first, te uh, first place in the conference. Um, other teams that are ahead right now are, are Santa Clara uh, and Gonzaga, so uh, we get both of those teams at home. Yeah. Um, tough one will be Pepperdine on the road. They're always tough. But, um, yeah, I, I really like where we are. Like I said, we're still in the driver's seat. We have every, everything we've wanted to accomplish this season still ahead of us through the ups and downs of the seasons. Um, you know, but it, it's made us better. Um, I think it's brought the team closer together. Uh, we've been through some different formation changes. Yeah. We did, we, we've tried some different uh, lineup changes. Uh, I think we're pretty settled in and feel really good about where we are right now, and we'll move forward with that. Who do you feel like deserves more credit? From a from a I mean coach's perspective on your roster right now, mm -hmm. who, who has been playing well that probably doesn't get enough notoriety? Um, I would probably say Lava, Lava Baca. She's uh, done a tremendous job for us as a center back. It's a tough position. We ask a lot of her. 
Uh, we're a team that plays out of the back, and so usually Lava is the one that touches the ball uh, more than any player on our team. Um, so she's responsible for organizing and keeping a ball out of the back of the net, but she's usually the one that also starts all of our attack. Um, wow. Uh, so yeah, we, we rely on her a lot. And um, just like all of our you know, experienced players, they've they felt a lot of pressure, I think, coming off of last season. And so I think trying to mentally manage the pressure of that, uh, feeling and, and realizing how to be a leader on the team um, and still play at, at the level uh, that, that you expect from yourselves, but then also try and help those around you. Um, I think she's done a phenomenal job. She has a, a freshman, Izzy, playing right next to her, <laughs> and, a, and a goalkeeper that, that, that you know, Sav, this is her first year as a, as a starting keeper. So um, I really think Lava's done a, a tremendous job. She's really been consistent for us these last couple weeks and uh, love uh, the progress that she's making. How long will it be uh, before in women's soccer the opposing teams talking about the advantage of missions and the maturity? Of, I'm kidding. <laughs> in football, it's a story all Don't the time. Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> yeah, you're like, seriously? Yeah, you thought you'd have X amount of keepers. It's such an too. advantage. No, it's Ask not. Olivia Wade how yeah. hard the transition back has been. Yes. Speaking of, mm -hmm. Offensive Player of the Week, she's going yes. back-to-back games. Yes. You're playing her at the attacking mid-spot mm -hmm. of the 10. What has changed for her to find the back of the net a little more? Well, she is a great attacking player. She grew up uh, most all of her career. She was a forward. She was a 10. She scored goals. When she came to BYU, um, we needed someone to fill in our sixth slot uh, with our senior graduate. I think we had a four-year starter, Busy Phillips, actually, um, started there. And, and so we needed her. And so she turned into a six. I mean, but she's been an attacking player her whole life. Um, love the way she's playing right now. I, I think she feels more comfortable there. Um, she's had a great week, a couple weeks of practice. She's going to score a lot of goals for us the rest of the season. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Ah, as are we. Yes. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. You know Please. the drill. We've love been doing it. this uh, more Saturday than yes. that. Big game in almost yeah. 10 years. So everybody go to the Arkansas game, yes. cheer on the Cougs, and then come over to yep. the Portland Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yep. Afterwards, the girls are going to be on fire. I've got seven Saturday family night. members coming over okay. to the soccer game. Awesome. So love it. We'll Let's be there. Go. Doing, we're doing our thing. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. All right, it is time for a bounce back opportunity for BYU football looking to come off that Notre Dame loss and hopefully take care of business at home where the Cougars have been so good against a very, very solid Arkansas team. Jaron, my question for you today and for everybody across BYU Sports Nation is this. Would a win over Arkansas rectify the loss to Notre Dame. Yes, because the goal is always to split uh, in, in the big four with uh, Baylor, Oregon, you know, that split, many split, and then uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas. Yeah, were we hoping BYU could somehow pull off 3-1? and one? Could they have won last week and are going for 3-1 and one this week? Yes, but that's not the case. Defend home turf, Arkansas is banged up, so is BYU. It's game seven. It's the start of the second half of the season. Let's go. And this week, by the way, it doesn't matter how BYU plays. They just need to win. I, at this point, don't care about style points against P5s. I do against G5s when you're a 20-plus point favorite at home. Utah State and Wyoming. I do. 
South Florida, style points mattered. Go down there and win. Although perhaps that one we were scared of Florida and opener and whatever. But this team is so experienced that they needed to go win that game. This game, uh, convincingly, this game against Arkansas is a, if you win it by any means, that is great. It's a toss-up according to Las Vegas. The line is even. In some cases, Arkansas is like a one-point favorite. Yeah, I'm seeing one and a half in some spots. So this is just a win-this-game situation. Even though BYU is trending in a uh, less-than-stellar direction given the last three games. Two wins, but not convincingly, not good enough for the standard. Although maybe the standard should be adjusted for this team. I'm not sure. But if BYU can beat Arkansas and be 5-2 and two with two quality wins in Baylor and the Razorbacks, I like that idea. Yeah. Now, if BYU loses Spence, this is bad. Back-to-back losses, that's a streak now. At Liberty is a tougher game than you think. Now BYU's in a precarious position. So, uh, yes, it would make up for the Notre Dame loss. And yet the Notre Dame loss is still going to sting, but this will make up for it. It will soothe it a bit. For sure. Uh, again, the trend of how BYU has played over the last five weeks has people feeling a little bit of trepidation going into this game. Even though it's at home and BYU has won, what, 16 games in a row because at it's Stadium? And it's in the day, oh no! Okay, so it's an afternoon <laughs> game, but it's back at home in the comforts of Lavelle Edwards Stadium where BYU recently has been so, so good. Yeah. Um, beating Arkansas, like you said, if it's ugly, doesn't matter. Don't matter. One point, great. Just find a way to beat Arkansas. But you would think, logic would tell you, that BYU has to play a better brand of football to beat Arkansas. Than against Notre Dame? BYU can't show up like they did against Notre Dame or even against Wyoming and Utah State in, eh, wins at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Like, logic says you got to play a better brand of football. You have to be more sharp, have to be more disciplined. You have to eliminate the quote-unquote stupid mistakes that Kalani Satake was talking about. So, yes, it would rectify the Notre Dame loss because I think it means BYU plays a better brand, better style, better quality of football. Papa John's. If they beat Arkansas 5-2, and two, they have most likely played better football overall. They look better. It feels better. And now you don't feel like doubt is creeping in. This is a huge turning point game for BYU. If you lose back-to-back games, you go 1-3 and three against the big four, as you pointed out with Baylor, Oregon, Notre Dame, and Arkansas. You go one and three, then you're kind of like, ah, okay, who is, is who is BYU? Who is BYU? And frankly, at that point, they have dipped under the expectations that you and I had for BYU at the beginning of the season. We think, hey, nine wins. BYU is capable. This is a nine-win team. Season. In the regular season. Yeah. Nine and three. All of a sudden, you have the three losses. At that point, you're asking BYU to win five in a row. And that's not going to that, happen. That's a big Given ask. the way, B- that's if, a big ask. If BYU loses, okay. So yeah. if BYU beats Arkansas, right back on track, maybe even a little bit ahead of schedule again, because you're five and two going into the back five, and feeling like, well, maybe BYU can win the final five because they should be favored in the back five. BYU might not be favored when the game kicks off on Saturday on their home field. And for what it's worth, I don't believe they will be. For what it's worth, the two losses that BYU has this year have both been when BYU was an underdog. They were a three-and-a-half, four-point underdog going into Eugene. That didn't work out well. And the Cougars were a similar underdog going into the Notre Dame Notre Dame game. Three-and-a-half, four points. This needs to be the reverse. Okay. BYU is the dog and wins. BYU's got to figure home. out a way to yes. be the underdog. I know it's weird to think that at home they're an underdog to a team that's lost three games in a row, but here we are because of 
the way that BYU has played over the last five games, this, this is the reality we're in. So can BYU flip the script there and win a game where they will be a slight underdog on their home field? If they do, yeah, the Notre Dame loss is rectified. BYU is playing a better brand of football, and the Cougars are looking a little bit more optimistically toward the back half of the season. Yeah, it's a huge game for that. Like, if, if BYU loses, all the stuff you just mentioned, BYU wins, hey, Feeling better about the Notre Dame loss because you got a quali- you got an SEC win. Again, this is just a third game ever at home against an SEC yes, team. Yes, at that point, you've beaten Baylor and Arkansas. Team. You've beaten two tough-nosed, like, respected yes. programs. And welcome to next year because next year you're going to have a few head-scratching losses against tough teams. Maybe they're not head-scratching because they're tough. Where every Next year, I hope BYU goes 5-4 and four in the Big 12. Like, if they do better than that, that'll be great. We're talking about five P5 wins in league where you're going, you're playing tough road games. You're playing tough home games. Welcome to next year already. Okay, topic two. Six games in, we haven't seen who we thought we'd see at wide receiver due to injuries, right? It's provided more opportunities for other guys. So right now, who's BYU's best receiver? I still think it's Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua is BYU's best receiver. Now, I know that there is great <laughs> uh, attention paid to health, right? Like in term, but in terms of just capability, like straight up experience, like big time playmaker, Pukunakua is the, the biggest playmaker that BYU has. But his health hasn't been there. So this has opened up the opportunity for a few guys that I feel like have been either off the radar or in Keanu Hill's case, the most underappreciated BYU football player to step up and make their case that right now I'm the best receiver because I'm available and I have been making plays for the first six games. So yeah. Keanu Hill's got a case. Puka's the best receiver that BYU has on the roster. Yes. When healthy. I agree. When healthy. But he's not healthy. But Cody Epps, you've said, he's a dude he's now. officially. He's a dude. He was my wife actor pick the last two weeks, and I won with Cody Epps in my wife actor picks. Are you doing it again? Uh, someone's going to take him. Typically, I pick last, and so they were giving me a hard time. Like, oh, what, Spencer. Why do you pick last? Huh? Because you won? Well, no. Because you you're the pro- sideline guy? Yeah, probably. Come on now. <laughs> I've picked last all season long. Really? Yes. But I won, with, Co- draft I I won with Cody Epps <laughs> as my wife actor the last two weeks because, to his credit, he has stepped up. Yeah. And right now, with health and production, by the numbers and by what we have seen on the field, He's the best receiver as currently constituted. Pukunakua is the most Please talented. Please make it manifest. He's the most talented. Pukunakua, Cody Epps right now is probably the best receiver to date. Yes, I agree with that take. Um, and for health and strength and daily food, we praise thy name, O Cody Epps, at this point. Is that how the lyric went in the primary? <laughs> Look at the numbers. 25 catches. This blows my leads mind. Leads the team. Five touchdowns leads the team, by the way. 298 receiving a second. Keanu Hill, number one in yards, number two in receptions. What if I told you, uh, is this a 30 for 30? That Braden Cosper would have four times the amount of catches as Puka Nakua halfway through the season. Obviously, injuries to both Puka and Gunner have affected this. Jerem. The bad news is the injury, Spence. The good news is, look at what the receivers have been able to do in spite of that. For sure. I would have thought, oh man, we're in trouble. Nope. Chase Roberts has been awesome, but really banged up. Hopefully he plays Saturday. Braden Cosper has waited through two season-ending injuries to get to this point. Cody Epps has waited two years to get to this point. Keanu Hill's waited to be in the top three. Now he's one of the top two receivers on the team in terms of production. The hope is BYU can get everybody healthy, but the reality is, if not, they're just fine. And in a game against Arkansas, where their secondary is massively banged up, it's up to Jaron Hall on that injured shoulder. He said he's feeling better. We just heard him. To stretch the field. And we'll talk to Matt Jones coming up about, like, 
What is that pass defense like for the Razorbacks? And how much of this matchup is BYU's pass offense versus Arkansas's rush uh, offense? So it's going to be an interesting one. A few numbers on Cody. Uh, 94.1 receiving grade of 20-plus yards down the field, by the way. He is excellent on deep balls. Four straight games with a touchdown. Five TDs the last four games. That's awesome. He's the middle-of-the-field guy, Jerem. He's BYU's deep threat as well. Like Keanu Hill, well, Keanu Hill as well. They can, uh, they can Cody, Cody Epps has made it. He's made a living on yards after catch. Like he's the dude that just gets lost, and they have a hard time tracking him. He's been awesome. Um, uh, uh, so PFF will give us the grades based on when they've played. Okay, what do they have? There you go. Cody Epps is the number one guy on the team right now. It's seventy-nine point seven. If you don't like PFF, then you don't care. But if you value this, and we do, Cody Epps is the best receiver on the team right now. Chase Roberts right there. Puka. Keanu, Gunner, Braden. Now, four dudes in the 60s, not ideal. Ideally, you get 70-plus from everybody. But Cody is tracking for an 80-plus yard type of grade from PFF, which is excellent. Remember, this dude was a first-team All-American out of high school, USA Today, put up stupid numbers with Bryce Young. He's now flourishing. And the bad news is the injuries have been uh, that have happened, but the good news is these guys have stepped in. When we say next man up, typically that's overused and it's annoying to me. No, truly this room has been that case where Cody Epps goes, okay, Keanu Hill, I'm getting more targets. Brayden Cosper, I'm ready. Huge catch against, what was it, Wyoming uh, to end that first half? sure. Like, who? A lot of fans were probably like, who's Brayden Cosper? Brayden Cosper was the number one receiver coming out in 2018 out of the state of Utah. Like, he has waited for this moment and been ready. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Earlier this week, Spencer Klenistake was asked if he was considering holding open trouts for a BYU kicking position. Are the Cougars to that point? No. Of course they're not. <laughs> no, not to that point. Like Jake Oldroyd, believe it or not, is going to make an impact at some point later this season. I, tr- I, Making a I field truly goal. believe that he will make a field goal and it, he will have an impact on the season moving forward. Justin Just- Smith opened the door by missing a PAT. I can't really like, blame what? Uh, Shoot. BYU is better than that. Yes. Come on now. Cash Peterman's still there. Like Cash yeah. Peterman's sitting there going, do I get a chance to? It's like it's like an open tryout going to produce somebody better than those three. Just Come make on, no. just no. Just make field make field goals and pitches. A break Mazingo maybe? Oh my god. <laughs> that would be awesome. BYU changed its lifting schedule this week to prepare for a 1:30 kick time, Jerem. You and I spent a lot of time talking about the little nuances like BYU has got to switch something up, they got to do something different. Will this make a difference in preparation for an afternoon game? Uh, BYU feels it will. That's why they did it. So I hope so. I hope it's the like answer. Like engaging your body earlier in the day. I think that's sure. what going I for hope it's again. the answer. I hope it's the answer this week, and I hope it's the answer against Liberty, which is going to be a 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain kickoff as well in Lynchburg. Yep, that'll be a, another 1.30 Mountain body start, right? Here's to a simple yet majorly impactful change, we hope. Hopefully. According to Sports Media Watch, BYU has the highest amount of TV viewership through the first six weeks of any team in the new Big 12. Where does this rank on the celebration scale where one is a golf clap and five is hang a banner? Uh, this is probably a two for me on that scale, Jerem, <laughs> because of BYU and the hangover of losing to Notre Dame. You know, it's like, yeah, a lot of people watch BYU. This is not new to me. 
Like this is this is what we have come to expect. BYU's a national brand. BYU has great numbers. We have talked ad nauseum in moments, especially with BYU's impact on the Big 12 and the future contract. Here. Like BYU gets viewership. And so yeah, yeah. This is a two. I got one. Right. Oh, one for you. One yeah, yeah. Yay! Okay, nice. it's cool. It's great. Nice, nice pot. It's great. It's a nod to BYU's brand. Yeah. BYU fans have been asked to wear white this week, not royal. White, not royal. It's a white out at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're asked every Sunday as well. With that in mind, is the combo of white and chocolate cougar tails a bad idea? Yes, I think we're gonna have a lot of stained shirts. So make sure you use Tide. See, or whatever the official now that I think about it, detergent is of BYU. I love the chocolate cougar tail, but what if there was just like a drizzle of like white vanilla frosting on top of the already chocolate? Now we're place. getting custom. Okay, talk to Get Billy custom. Nixon. Let's go. Billy Nixon and BYU Dining should chat. Right, we have a poll question update on social media. Is the yep. cougar tail meant to be maple only? 200 votes thus far. 55% of you say no. 44% are saying yes. It okay. should be only maple. Okay. Okay. Right. UCF is wearing its Space U unis this weekend to celebrate a tie-in with the Kennedy Space Center. Should BYU do a missionary-themed <laughs> uniform and finally embrace Gonzaga and San Diego State fans? No. <laughs> no. You've been called to serve in the end zone. No. no, I didn't think anything could be worse than the bibs. <laughs> I I am surprised. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible, but That's hilarious. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> With love, the name tag and everything. Oh my goodness. That would be something. Okay. <laughs> the black pants. And the white shirt. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. bad. That is so bad. I didn't know what it looked like. It's so bad. <laughs> the Photoshop's great. It's just generally bad. Oh my goodness. Uh, Sporty McSports on Twitter pointed out that BYU has been in the top 44, Jerem, for 26. If you know, weeks. you know. Come on. Did we miss the biggest headline of the week here? Indeed. In fact, yeah, BYU is outside of that. I'm. They're only 40 now. Only 40 teams. <laughs> Is any in team the in the Mountain State. West Conference in the top 44 right now? San Jose State got like a vote or Ooh, something. So the Spartans. Congratulations. All right. The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back. Rise and shout for the trending topics of the week here on the best of BYU Sports Nation. All rise and shout. It is time for what's trending. Jerem, we turn our attention to BYU football and Arkansas. Tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern, beautiful afternoon lineup is set up, pristine conditions. But BYU has been trending in the wrong directions in terms of overall quality of football. So my first question for you today is, why do we think that BYU, with those trends in mind, We'll play a better brand of football against Arkansas, given what's happened over the last four games. I'm not sure I do, Spence. I sure hope they do. Uh, but with Jaron Hall clearly injured with that shoulder, I have concerns. If Jaron Hall was healthy and this was happening, um, you know, and it did against Oregon and Wyoming, but against Utah State, he got banged up. Aaron Roderick admitted, hey, I ran the ball a lot in the fourth quarter to try and protect Jaron a little bit with that shoulder. And then he didn't practice much, she said. And then Notre Dame 
happened. The interception was weird. The safety was weird. Obviously, Jaron was in a different space physically and mentally. Hopefully, he's out of that and BYU can play better. But I don't need BYU to play better tomorrow, Spence. I need BYU to win. Uh, when BYU plays a home game against East Carolina, certainly I hope the Cougars play a crisp, smooth, great execution game. East Carolina's a little sneaky for me right now, though. But when you're at Liberty on the East Coast, you just got to win. I think with this BYU football team, we've seen half of the season. They are who they are to a point. Certainly they can make progress the back half of the season. But we're halfway through this thing. This BYU football team is a little different than we thought they'd be. They're 4-2. and two, And if they win tomorrow, it's all good. It's all good, man, uh, on AMC. But this team needs to play a way to win. They don't need to play a certain brand of football tomorrow. Certainly we want BYU to play better. And was winning enough against Utah State, we asked. And the answer was no. And against Notre Dame, had they won, it didn't matter that the first half was messy. But they lost, so we look at the first half, right? I don't need them to play a better brand, uh, better brand of football. I just need them to win tomorrow. Can BYU beat Arkansas without playing a better brand of football? That's the question to me. Can they do yes. it? With, how? I think so. How so? I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how BYU can maintain what they've been doing and still get past a very, very physical Arkansas team. I feel like BYU is going to have to be on par, at least defensively, what they were against Baylor for the likes of Arkansas because Arkansas is going to run the ball a lot and BYU's defensive front is going to be challenged and the linebackers are going to be very, very active. So I, I feel like BYU needs to get back to at least that brand going back to game number two. At least that? That feels like the Defen- high. Defensively, right? Just to, I'm talking just defensively like against the Like three yards of carry good? Or sub four would do it for me. Well, yeah. Baylor ran the ball how many times? 52, 52 times. For 2.9. Okay. Right. Okay. Not 2.9%. Arkansas has got a better running back sub than four. Baylor. Very but nice. Sub four would be incredible. Yeah. Okay. 52 times for sub four would be under Arkansas's average of 233 yards a game. Like, that's good enough for me. BYU has to hold Arkansas under their season average to me. So, so if they get 220, you're good? Fine. Fine. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, well, Vegas is telling us shootout, as you pointed out. 66, it started at 59.5 uh, on the line. 66 right now. 66. This screams game in the 30s. Does BYU need to get to 30? To win this game. And can we expect that with Jaron Hall's shoulder, Spence? We, we talked uh, yesterday with Matt Jones, uh, who covers uh, the Razorbacks, and we discovered, hey, this pass defense is really, they're really banged up in the secondary. Oh, they've given up 18 plays of 30 plus uh, passing. Should BYU chuck it? But can we expect Jaron to chuck it if the shoulder ain't good? Well, and, and Jaron Hall, in his words, said he's feeling much better than he was last week. That's he's good practiced news. all week. So maybe that factors into why we think BYU will play a better brand of football over the past four games because it's a big-time opponent. BYU's home, and Jaron Hall's shoulder is feeling better. But I, I am hoping that BYU can figure it out and, and get better to some degree because if, if they just maintain what they did against Notre Dame and Utah State and Wyoming, I don't think this is going to be a BYU win. Well, which halves are we talking about? Because if second-half BYU against Notre Dame shows up, hey, good chance to win at home against Arkansas. If first half BYU shows up, you're going to lose uh, by double figures. You how can't have the, that slow of a start. How much again. will the energy of Lavelle Edwards Stadium help BYU? Hopefully un- a lot. Unlike last week's scenario where it was so bad in the first half and BYU did not have a significant home field crowd behind them like that. It was, you could tell that it was weird. Like 
BYU fans were awfully quiet in the first half, understandably, well, against Down us. 18. They didn't have anything really to cheer about other than a touchdown pass to Cody Epps. Yeah. Uh, but how much energy can the crowd bring BYU if they have another slow start? I'm not saying BYU can't overcome a slow start. I just think they have to play better, more clean, eliminate stupid mistakes. BYU can't be trailing by 12 points at halftime against Arkansas. Right. And I think the stupid mistakes have mostly been the interception by Jaron Hall and the safety. Um, I think that's what Kalani is referring to. There are other mistakes, certainly. But those two were big ones in the first half. That cost BYU only five points, uh, but momentum was not on BYU's side. I'm with you. I think BYU playing at home is a very different team. And first half slow starts can't happen. First down, got to be there. Th- this is, okay, a couple things that need to be better that we haven't talked about yet. Offensive line. We've talked about how awesome this offensive line can be. Show it against this SEC team. The second half against that Notre Dame defensive line, which was good, really strong run game by BYU. Let's go. Show up in this one. The other is this. Peyton Wilgar and Keenan Peely are really good players. They are not making enough plays. Peyton Wilgar had a nice tip that Max Tooley intercepted. Yep, he created Keenan Peely is a baller, too. I would love to see those guys have a few more plays, stops on a critical third down, pass deflections like Peyton had. More of that. Max Tooley right now is BYU's best sure. player on defense by far. A little more from Tyler Batty as well, getting in the backfield, stuffing the run. These, these are good players for BYU. Play a little bit better at home and get a big win against Arkansas. Schematically, it is a committee approach on defense for Elisa Tuiaki. Like BYU plays, I'm, I'm not even kidding you, they play like 30 guys a game on defense. It's pretty wild. Like a lot of substitutions. So should we not expect a certain amount of plays from certain so guys? So maybe that, that certainly factors into. But these guys are so experienced. Your man. best players being on the field less. I want to see more Keenan when you're on. on the field. I want to see more Peyton Wilgar on the field. I want to see all of them on the field more. Well, if it's not going to happen, when you're on the field, let's see more plays made. That's probably a realistic Keep goal. your best players on the field, and you got a better chance of having. I don't think BYU's suddenly... A better brand of football. Well, I don't think BYU's suddenly changing that this week. I don't think Maybe so they either. do. That's personal preference. Yeah, that's Elias Chuyaki's goal. For sure. Okay, topic two. Is a 10-win season on the line against the Razorbacks? Yes, very much so. If BYU loses to Arkansas, you've dropped back-to-back games, you're 4-3, and three, and now you are asking BYU. You are saying, okay, to get to 10 wins, you have to win five in a row, and you have to win a bowl game to get to 10. Like, this is a huge turning point game. We talked about this yesterday. Mathematically, I mean, just odds odds are that if BYU does not win this game, they're not going to win 10 games this season. I agree. Like, winning six in a row, no. when you have to go to Liberty, you still have to go to Boise State, you're hosting a pretty good East Carolina team, and you still got to go to Stanford. And the back's five. Like, there's going to be some challenges for BYU. And if you have to limp into the Liberty game after two straight losses... That Not good. Smells Not, like, and oh I know it's gosh. very different than 2017, but it smells like ECU in Not, 2017. Not great, right? Yeah, where you're going back east, you're struggling a little bit. Granted, that team was terrible. Like, if BYU loses to Arkansas, I feel like the realist, like the realistic ceiling is nine wins, including a bowl win. Like you're you probably, probably looking eight, at eight. You probably go eight and four in the regular season. Yes, which would be such a bummer with this group. This okay. group's so talented. And then have a Come shot on. at nine, but if BYU like. That's why this game is – there's some desperation. Yes. Like, it's, it's significant urgency surrounding this game for BYU to win this game, get back on track, because if you're 5-2 and two going to Liberty, 
Now you take the mojo on the road, and you're feeling good again, and the Cougars have a real shot at winning 10 games. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right now, there have been too many injuries to realistically think the 10-2 is going to occur. Just too many injuries. If BYU was less banged up, and you don't have a shoulder with Jaren, sure. and you don't have a Puka thing and a Malik Moore thing sure. and so on, yeah, 10 is possible. But and I'm they, suggesting 10 with the bowl game. So I'm saying like, I'm you saying beat Arkansas. 10, period, Spence. Yeah. Like, it's just too many injuries to realistically expect that. Again, UAB principle. There's too many injuries to be like, yep, we should hold this team at the same standard. No, we should not. Next man up, they should do it. Well, in certain areas, BYU can sustain that. Offensive line and receiver. But there's no other positions where BYU's like, yep, you could lose X, Y, Z and still be the same or close to it. No, no. So this team is heading for eight or nine wins, uh, the way they're playing. Now maybe total, they, total, total. Now maybe they shock us, and tomorrow just ball out. They're five and two, and they're five and two, and they find something defensively and offensively that we haven't seen in the last five. Again, we're talking about a five-game streak that's pretty consistent for BYU in terms of slow starts. Certain things happen and don't happen on offense and defense. Again, why do we expect BYU to be different? I just want to win. I'm not at the point where style points matter because you know who BYU is not playing this season? They're not at New Mexico and hosting, uh, you know, UTEP anymore. This isn't They've the already taken 90s. on those teams, Jerem. They've already played South Florida. You, and they've already played Utah State. You've got a sneaky at Liberty game, as we mentioned. You've got SEC in game seven. Like, BYU's never played a game seven in terms of physic- physicality non-conference like this, maybe at home in a long time. Maybe in Independence a little bit. But I'm talking the standard here of truth has been like the 80s and 90s. Ty will throw for 400. No, it's just win. And, and that's what ne- the next couple of years will be, Spence. Just win the games. We don't care how you win at Kansas State. Just win 17-14, make a field goal late. Make a field goal. That feels like a long time ago. <laughs> but, like, BYU can do a couple simple hey. things and get this done and have a really nice season. They're not far from that. But they're also not far from sliding into oblivion. Yeah. Just win. Man, it feels and, like BYU's got to – they've got to have – they've got to play better than they did against Notre Dame. We know that. Totally. Real gotta, quick, percentages to win. Arkansas, 64%. A little bit surprising from ESPN FPI. A home advantage – they love it's it. It's a big deal. Yeah. At Liberty, 53%. East Carolina, 76%. At Boise State, 57%. Utah Tech, 99%, obviously. Stanford, 59%. Beard's got a good shot to have a nice run here, but hey, got sh- to show up. Got to beat Arkansas. I mean, yes, 10-win season, 1 million percent on the line tomorrow. Any shot comes down to beating Arkansas tomorrow. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Hear what the coaches, athletes, and experts have to say. Here's another great interview from the week on the best of BYU Sports Nation. Joining us now is Matt Jones, who reports for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and he is the host of Whole Hog Radio Podcast. We love love the title so much. Matt, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, So we, we would just like to point out that we are very appreciative that the University of Arkansas, unlike Tennessee, did not back out of their mm-hmm. deal with BYU and are actually coming to Provo, of course, the return trip to Arkansas next year. So thanks to you and the Razorbacks for fulfilling your end of the agreement. Well, I can't take any credit for that, but I know that uh, <laughs> they're looking forward to coming out there. You know, they, got to, they had to have this game 
uh, BYU, in the SEC, you've got this uh, Power 5 mandate uh, where you have to play a team either from the Power 5 or you have to play one of the independents like BYU, Notre Dame, uh, someone you know of, of that ilk. And uh, they had to have the game, and, and I know they're looking forward to coming out there. It's going to be a fun one that we've looked forward to a long time. Of course, BYU returning this game next <clears> year <throat> in Week 3 in Fayetteville. Let's talk about one of the big storylines for Arkansas right out of the bat. Sounds like KJ Jefferson is back and going to play this week. What's the latest on him? Yep, I think that's true. Uh, he's going to play. You know, uh, they have not confirmed if he was in concussion protocol last week. That's, you know, the general feeling is is that he was, uh, and you know, he hit his head late in the the Alabama game. wasn't able to play. He was cleared. Didn't practice uh, the week of the Mississippi State game and didn't play um, that day. Uh, all indications are that he's fine, he's going to play. And it's a different Arkansas offense whenever he's on the field. As you saw against Mississippi State last week, uh, he, he just adds such a, an element from a, you know, a, a dual threat element, I guess, if, if you will. Uh, you know, they've got quarterbacks who can throw, they've got quarterbacks who can run, but they don't have another quarterback who's the all-around package that K.J. Jefferson is. And so uh, I think it's a big deal uh, if he's able to play for Arkansas. You certainly feel a lot better about their chances if he's on the field than if he is not. Matt Jones is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's dive into that K.J. Jefferson angle a little bit more because Arkansas, statistically speaking, has been so run heavy. So are the Razorbacks more keen on running the ball more with K.J. Jefferson at quarterback compared to somebody else? Yeah, I think they want to run the ball regardless of who the quarterback is. Sam Pittman is a, an old offensive line coach, and, uh, you know, he, he – there's a great story about whenever Arkansas's uh, AD and uh, their search committee went to his home in Athens, Georgia, the night to uh, you know interview him for the head coaching job. Uh, there were these cocktail napkins on the tables that said, "Run the damn ball," and you know, that's, that's just who he is. Uh, he he wants to establish the run, and so I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. They've got the SEC's leading rusher right now, a sophomore running back named uh, Rocket Sanders, um, and uh, he's really good, having a great season. Uh, they've got an offensive line that's experienced. Uh, they've got four starters back from last season, and the, and the fifth player was one who rotated in with them. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. They want to run the ball. I do think that they are a better running team with Jefferson because mm -hmm. of his ability uh, to, you know, run the zone read option. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that, uh, you know, having him in the game does make them a better running team. Yeah, he's a big dude, obviously, 6'3", 243. That, that is uh, unique. And BYU had a hard time stopping the run a little bit against Notre Dame. So it's an interesting matchup that, that way. On the defensive side of the ball, Drew Sanders really sticks out at, at, uh, as one of the top sack leaders in the country, leading the SEC. And then Bumper Pools, one of the great names in the game. He's got a gajillion tackles, I think like 400-plus, right? Um, defensively, mm -hmm. what's Arkansas going to bring to the table? Well, they're beat up defensively right now, and it'll be interesting to see what Barry Odom's game plan is for this BYU game. Uh, when they played Mississippi State last week, they went with a, a game plan where they were going to drop eight uh, in coverage and, and rush three, and they gave the Mississippi State quarterback, Will Rogers, all day to throw the ball and you know just weren't able to get much pressure on him. And that was different than what we had seen from Arkansas the first five weeks. Uh, going into the Mississippi State game, Arkansas led the country, or maybe they were second at this point. They led the country at one point uh, in sacks. They've gotten 23 sacks this season. Uh, so they're a team that can really get after you. 
uh, you know, from a, a pass rush standpoint. It's just they've got so many injuries right now in the secondary that I think there is some apprehension to leave those guys on an island, so to speak, you know, in man-to-man coverage. They've got a, a cornerback who I think is pretty good man-to-man named Dwight McLaughlin. He transferred into Arkansas from LSU. He's got three interceptions this season. You know, but elsewhere in the secondary, it's it's kind of just uh, it, it, it's a it's a tough tough point in the season right now for Arkansas. They lost Jalen Catalan, who was an All-America safety in their first game against Cincinnati. Mm. Uh, they've since lost another cornerback, Ladarius Bishop, who uh, I don't know if he was a starter, but you know, in the in the secondary, you've got to have a rotation of probably about eight, nine, ten players, and he was certainly in that rotation. And then by halftime of the Mississippi State game last week, they were without their starting nickelback, Miles Slusher. They were without a couple of safeties, Kari Johnson, Jaden Johnson, who were injured in the first half of that game. And you know, there's just not many teams in the country that can overcome losing five frontline defensive backs like that. And so I, th- I think that's where they are. We'll see how healthy they are on Saturday. Um, but I think, you know, the health of their secondary is really going to determine uh, what they're able to do up front. If they're able to let Drew Sanders loose, mm. uh, he's going to be able to, you know, get some pressure on the quarterback and and probably make him uncomfortable. That just wasn't the option last week in Starkville. Matt Jones is the host of the Whole Hog Radio podcast. He's on BYU Sports Nation. You've probably already alluded to it uh, in some way, shape, or form with this the answer to this next question, but let's just go on record here, Matt. In your opinion, what's the number one strength for Arkansas football at this point of the season and the number one question mark if it's not the secondary you just brought up? Well, I think the secondary has got to be the biggest question mark for this team. They're, you know, they're, they're giving up way too many big plays, and you know, for all the yards they've given up, I think they rank – 124th or 127th out of the 131 teams in pass coverage this year. It could be a lot worse. Texas A&M dropped a long pass early in that game. Cincinnati had so many chances to hit deep passes over the top, and their quarterback just had an off day here in Fayetteville in that first game. And so that's the big, you know, that's the big weakness with this team. I think is its um, is its secondary, its pass coverage. If there's a strength with the team. I would say it's probably the running game and and Rocket Sanders and what he's able to do. Uh, you know, he's he's been very consistent this year. I've been real impressed with him. Uh, you know, even against Alabama, he had a 100-yard rushing game. And in four of their six games this year, he's gone for at least 100 yards. They've got some other running backs who, uh, you know, I think they can rotate in there with him uh, who can have some success. Uh, they've got a, a running back who was their leading rusher last year, Dominic Johnson, who's coming back from a knee injury that he suffered in the Outback Bowl at the end of last season. And, you know, we're still all kind of waiting to see when we're going to see the Dominic Johnson that we saw last year uh, emerge this season. Uh, you know, I don't know that he's quite 100%. He's he's obviously cleared to play. I don't know if he's quite 100% to what we saw uh, last year. So I think the running game is a strength. And then, you know, if, if, if I could say 1B, a strength, if they are able to let their pass rushers uh, get after the quarterback, if they're not concerned about what's going on in the secondary, uh, I think that's been a, a big strength of this team this year, too, is its ability to get after the quarterback. And we'll see what Jaron Hall and that injured shoulder can do. Uh, you mentioned the uh, pass defense, 18 passes of 30-plus allowed. That's second worst in FBS. So the run game of Arkansas versus perhaps the pass game of BYU. How are people feeling about Arkansas football right now? Because it was a strong start, nice win against Cincinnati. Weird one with quality FCS team, uh, Missouri State, of course, South Carolina. 
And then the last three games, of course, have been brutal with A&M, Bama, and Mississippi State. Three and three, but it still feels like this is a quality Arkansas team that, as you've chronicled, is pretty banged up. How are people feeling about the Razorbacks? I think they feel pretty good about them. You know, they're concerned about what the the final record's going to be this season. But if you look at the overall trajectory of the program since Sam Pittman was hired, it's, you know, it's solid. Uh, you know, they're they're going to have to recruit a little bit better. Um, you know, and I, I one of the reasons I think he was hired was because uh, he was an expert recruiter. He was always an ace recruiter, regardless of where he was, Georgia, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina. Uh, throughout his career, he's always been a, a guy that has been able to, you know, build relationships real well in the recruiting trail. And I think that he learned a lot from uh, his time at Georgia with Kirby Smart, uh, just about how to, as he'll tell you, recruit with your hair on fire. You know, it is all about recruiting. They set aside time every day to, you know, make calls to recruits, to write letters to recruits. Um, you know, it's it's all about recruiting with the staff. And, you know, so, but you have to think about where Arkansas came from. They were in a really bad spot whenever Sam Pittman was hired. Uh, they'd gone 2-10 and 10 and 0-8 and 8 in the SEC in two consecutive seasons. And, you know, the two years that preceded those two seasons uh, weren't very good either. And so uh, they had the COVID year in there. It's it, There's a lot of, you know, cards that have been stacked against Arkansas. And so for them to have even had a 9-4 and four season last year and be competitive with the type of teams they were competitive with, I think kind of tells you where the program is. You know, they've had a couple of rough weeks here. I think a lot of people probably forget, though, that against Alabama, it was a five-point game in the fourth quarter, and Arkansas kind of had Alabama on the ropes. And their backup quarterback made a 77-yard run and really changed that game. Arkansas never recovered. And then against Mississippi State last week, it's it, it's hard to really um, take a whole lot from that result, given the fact that Arkansas didn't have its starting quarterback, given the fact that they had so many people injured in the secondary. I think the game uh, that they really feel like they let get away was Texas A&M. They, they should have beaten Texas A&M. They outplayed yeah. Texas A&M. Uh, you know, so I think people still feel confident that this team uh, can have a good season. One thing that people look back on is last year, uh, they were four and three after seven games. They could be four and three after Saturday. They could be three and four, but it's a similar situation uh, as last year, <clears throat> same week in the season where they've got their bye week. And then similar to last year, they've got a lot more winnable games on the back end of the schedule than they do on the front. Everybody knew this was going to be a really grueling seven-week stretch for Arkansas, uh, you know, beginning with Cincinnati, ending with BYU, and with a bunch of SEC games in the middle. And they're kind of getting to, you know, to that point where they can finally take their breath. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think people are, are happy with the, you know, the overall trajectory of the program, even if the last few weeks haven't been what they wanted to see. Matt, we'll finish with this. What's the perception from Arkansas country on BYU football as currently constituted? Well, I can tell you what the perception is from Arkansas's coaching staff, and it's that BYU is a really solid team. You know, 11 wins one year, 10 wins the other, uh, you know, off to a good start this season. And I think, you know, a lot of the principles that BYU is, is built on, you know, being a real tough, solid uh, line of scrimmage type team is, you know, Sam Pittman sees a lot of Arkansas in BYU. And so, uh, you know, it's not a team that, People take lightly. It's not a team that people take for granted how uh, big of a challenge it's going to be. You know, Sam Pippen was talking in the, the preseason, hey, all of this talk is about Cincinnati, and rightfully so in the season opener. But 
you know, we got a team that you would have to play in week seven that's had 21 wins in the last two years. And so I think they know what kind of challenge is there at BYU. You look at what BYU's done on its home field over the last seven years and all the Power Five teams that it's beaten. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that gets your attention. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough game. And I think, I think BYU has all the respect in the world from Arkansas's side. The line is dead even, according to our friends in the desert. A, a true coin flip game. Matt, we appreciate the insider's advantage on Arkansas and the time you spent with us this morning. Okay, thank you, guys. We'll be right back with more of the best of BYU Sports Nation. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. Cougar Whip Around presented by Ameris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Uh, Robbie Bosco is hanging out with the Little Rock Touchdown Club this week and said the following. And so when I think of Arkansas as a football team, I think of their massive offensive line and then the speed they've had at running back and the talent that they have. And so we've got to be ready to go or this could be a long game for the Cougs. We don't need KJ to play. <laughs> We're glad about that. We yes. don't play against 250-pound quarterbacks that's in true. Utah too often. That, that is true. That, that can is run true. the ball. So that's going to be a tough That is true. What do you make of these comments? I think Robbie's taking some undue heat from BYU fans. Like, the way that it was presented was like, oh, he said BYU's going to be in for a long day against Arkansas. No, he said a hypothetical. If BYU doesn't bring it, they could be in for a long day against a really good Arkansas team with KJ Jefferson. So I'm going to defend Robbie here a little bit for some of the heat he was taking on social media. He's to it's totally fair. If BYU does not bring it, then yeah, it's going to be a long day for the Cougars against Arkansas. Also, know your audience. They probably paid him to go down there and chat. He's, he's in not Little gonna Rock. Dump on Arkansas. He's, he's in Little Rock, Rock, Arkansas. He's not going to go. All you fools are going down this. No, he's in Little Rock. If he wants to make it out alive, he's going to cater to the audience a little bit. It's all good. He didn't say anything that was no, off. Oh, he played it perfectly. The smoke alarm. <laughs> did not play perfectly yesterday in the Marriott Center when it was triggered and went off during Women's Basketball Media Day, or at least the Media Day photo shoot, because of all of the smoke they were using there. Is this foreshadowing, however, Jerem, of potential fire season for BYU men's and women's basketball? It could go both ways, Spence. We hope it's a good one <laughs> where this team comes out, uh, you know, a-blazing. Uh, but yeah, so, sometimes it happens, you know, and that's why we have alarms just what in if, case. What if they did this like NBA Jam style, like where if a player for BYU hits three threes in a row, the fire like, alarm goes up. The alarm just has to pause cool. the game for a sec. That would quell momentum. We don't want that. Just like one though, like they could just play it exactly. in the arena. Yeah. I think that I think that'd be really funny. Yeah, fire marshals like I have a job to do. The women's soccer coach, Jennifer Rockwood, will join us in a few minutes to preview the matchup with number 14 and unbeaten Portland Saturday night. Which game means more to their team, Spence? Soccer versus Portland or football versus Arkansas? The answer is yes, Jerem. <laughs> both mean a lot. Huge game. And here's why. Because they're both turning point games for these specific BYU teams. Yep. We've already chronicled what it matters, what it means to BYU if they beat Arkansas in football. Now it puts them back on track. They're five and two, and they're pushing toward what fans feel like is an attainable 10-win season. Nine and three. Win a bowl game, you get 10 wins, okay? For women's soccer, if they beat Portland, and I said this earlier this week, they're right back on track to compete for a West Coast Conference championship. Like, if you beat Portland, you beat the team that has not lost all season, you get some of the mojo back, 
and it only helps BYU's already very strong RPI, which is 27 in spite of a 5-2-5 and five record. So this, the answer is yes, both, both huge turning point games. Yeah, BYU's got to beat Portland at home. You got to defend home field. BYU's got to avoid the ties against the non-Big Four on the road, like it had against Pacific and St. Mary's. This team can do this. Uh, no overtime certainly has affected this, which we will talk about with Jim. All right. Do you like, as we push on to basketball, an 18-game Big 12 basketball schedule? Yeah, I expected this. We're asking this because John Rossian said BYU's going to play Iowa State twice. Yeah, and and they'll stick with 18 games. Um, Yes, there will be 14 teams, so you're going to play a lot of people uh, just once. So we hope we get Kansas and Baylor in the Marriott Center here in the first two years and whatnot. But yeah, I'm fine with it. That's what it, uh, well, it was that in the WCC. It's 16, so if you already plays 15 non-con, that'll go down to 13 non-con. So you play 13 teams, right, because you're in the 14-team conference. Mm -hmm. So BYU is going to have to play how many teams twice? Is it three if they do an 18-team schedule or 18 games? Is it four? Probably Two and a half. Well, yeah, How does that work? I'm, I'm trying to figure out how many teams they'll have to play twice. But That's yeah. why they'll just release the schedule and then we'll play. How about that? Yeah. Okay, we missed the helmet on Puka Nakua and the missionary uni that we put out yesterday that will never ever be used by BYU football. Um, we, we had Holy Sports tweet a picture of, hey, you missed the helmet. Can't forget the helmet. Is it now complete and now is this better? And why is the answer no? <laughs> Unequivocally, no. <laughs> like, I'm kind of angry that we're back at this stage. Wasn't yesterday enough for everyone? <laughs> that was, it was so good, it was bad. It was so bad, it was good, I mean. Oh, yeah. it's back on the Dude, screen again. The, the cheap bike helmet would be <laughs> the finishing touchdown. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Marist. Your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Russ Dellinger of Sports Illustrated reported the Big 12 won't have divisions. We'll feature a nine-game schedule. Texas and Oklahoma are expected to remain in the league the next two years. What do you think of this news? I like that BYU is going to have an opportunity to play every one of those teams at some point over the next two years. Yeah. So that was my first takeaway is that, yes, BYU will have a chance to play Texas and Oklahoma at some point over the next two years. I also like that they're protecting rivalries because I think we've seen so many rivalries go away. Let's hang on to them as long as we can before Texas and Oklahoma have to bolt to the SEC. Like while they're still in the Big 12, let's keep those going. I so like BYU it. I'm, and Texas? It, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> There's a little bit of a weird rivalry there, right? And I, I like that. It's kind of well, one side of the last couple. The biggest thing I felt when I saw this news was overall excitement that BYU is going to find out their Big 12 schedule at some point this month. Days away, perhaps? I don't know the That's date. That's the but most exciting thing about this. Yes. Uh, I love it. No divisions. Obviously, the news that the NCAA said, we, we're not going to, you can determine how you want to do it. We're not going to dictate that. So the top two teams go. I think that's actually not beneficial to BYU. I think if BYU was in, say, the weaker division and won it, that would be more advantageous. The top two teams, it's going to be hard to be in the top two teams in that league every every so often for BYU. So, yeah, uh, the rivalries, uh, that's great. As a fan, BYU didn't have a rival in there unless Four Corners come over and the Pac-12 collapses. Then BYU and Utah would be protected, of course. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because we're getting that much closer to BYU actually being a Power 5 team. Let's just let's make it happen. Give us the schedule now, please. 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 We expect it in October, so everybody knows. I want it to happen on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, please. We have a certain amount so of have... programming. <laughs> it's convenient for us. Midweek, please. 
Last night during Midnight Madness, BYU men's basketball unveiled their new navy uniforms with royal trim. Jeremy, you were wearing it earlier. It looks really Got nice. Trace to it. Um, going back to that, how do you feel about it with the navy royal crossover? You want more of it? You think that's the accurate amount? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't like it, Spence. I love it. You love it. I love it. No, it looks great. I, Royal and Navy, uh, we've come around to liking this more. Everybody has a different preference, but I think it's fun. And again, there are a couple more unis coming down the pipe. BYU football did the Royal uniforms with Navy trim in the early to mid-90s. I always thought it was Royal with black trim. That wasn't the case. That that became the thing like from 96 to 98 with BYU football specifically, a little bit of BYU basketball. But yeah, like I, I said earlier, I like the Navy base with the Royal highlights the best. And that's what this uniform is. So it's great. Super clean. It's great. Big 12 released its men's basketball preseason poll. Will BYU be in the top 10 out of 14 next year in this? I hope so. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like BYU would probably be right at number 10 next year. If we're like projecting way out, BYU probably is like picked to finish 10th in that 14-team conference. Top 10 would be nice. Like that means right you're at in 10. the mix. Right at Because that 10. is the greatest basketball conference there is. And it's not even, well, it might be close, but like, it's really tough. I mean, I'm looking so at West tough. Virginia and Kansas State right now, and I feel like BYU is on par with West Virginia and Kansas State, as currently constituted, like right now. Like, I, I think BYU is good enough to be the 10th best team in the Big 12 this year. BYU's got something to prove this year. For sure, yeah. for sure. BYU women's soccer also has something to prove when they host unbeaten and 14th ranked Portland tomorrow night at Southfield. Will the Cougars hand Portland the first loss of the season for the Pilots? Yes, Spencer. Ooh. It's happening tomorrow. BYU is going to find its offense a little bit more at home. Last time we saw them at home, six goals. Now, San Francisco, certainly not as good, playing with its backup keeper in that game last Wednesday. But the Cougars are going to beat Portland tomorrow. This is a team they don't lose to. Haven't lost to them since 2006. Have won 12 of the 16 overall. But Portland's keeper has only given up three goals all That's season. a crazy number. It might take something special from Breck and Mazingo outside the 18 in and, a one-nil game. And right? Olivia Wade's on fire right there now. There you so, go. So let's go. Join the conversation 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The best of BYU Sports Nation rolls on after this. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Dave Pash is back in Provo, Utah. Dave, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys, I have to say this is the most professional-looking Zoom that I've ever been on. <laughs> I know that you guys were going to get dressed up for this and you had all the bells and whistles. I would have probably not had the sweatshirt. I wouldn't have had I probably would have gone shirt and tie. We wish we were in that attire. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, Dave, we should probably compliment you on being the most patient broadcaster in the business, given on who you have to work with and put up with. So compliments to you for being super patient as you work your way through uh, the broadcast biz. I get that a lot. I do. I, I appreciate it. I get it a lot. Um, I've learned this is um, assuming that we make it to basketball season. This will be year 11 with Bill Walton. 
we did do a handful of NBA games my first year, which was 16 years ago, although he claims still to this day that that never happened. Um, <laughs> of course. So. Uh, we meant Dusty, but yeah, that's cool about Bill, too. Oh, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is an interesting matchup because a few weeks ago we were like, hey, is this going to be a top 15 matchup? Nope. Uh, two teams reeling a bit. Obviously, Arkansas has played a tough schedule, Dave. BYU ha- hasn't played that great the last five weeks, but is still 4-2 and two out of the polls after the loss to Notre Dame. So what do you think of this matchup that perhaps is a little different than what we thought a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it feels like must win, but for a different reason than you mentioned, because you've got both teams going in the wrong direction. Arkansas was 10th in the country, had a tough loss against AM. Have not been able to bounce back, and part of that is they didn't have their quarterback last week. And last year, something similar happened, and they finished strong and had nine wins. You know, for them to fall to three and four, if they lose this game now, you know the luster's off. Sam Pittman, and you know even what happened last year, I'm sure. And then on the BYU side, you you know 12th in the country a few weeks ago, 16th last week, and then. You know, lose to Notre Dame and you drop, you know, 10 spots, maybe more, depending on how you look at it. But I was a little surprised they they slipped all the way out of the top 25. Um, and, you know, the the fact that I think people thought around, you know, two weeks ago that BYU was probably a top 15 team. And the fact the voters, even though I don't know that the polls really matter that much, we're getting closer to finally getting a a college football playoff top 25. I would think BYU would be in that top 25 if they voted today. But clearly the the writers and the coaches feel right now they should not be ranked because that was a precipitous drop despite only an eight-point loss. Dave Pash is on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at the personnel in this matchup, hard not to pay attention to the opposing quarterbacks, Jaron Hall and K.J. Jefferson, what do you think about the quarterback matchup that you're going to witness at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday? I think it's really good. You get two guys that clearly have not turned the ball over very often at all this year. And I think KJ Jefferson's really talented. I think Jaron Hall is really talented. I hope both guys are 100%. It it's, sounds like both guys are going to play. You know, we have not met with Kalani yet, but when we sit down with him, I want to ask him to clarify his comment early this week when he said Jaron's going to have to go you know that that can be viewed a couple different ways does that mean he's not 100 percent but we need him to go um or you know was he just saying that was it out of context who knows but hopefully Jaron's healthy because clearly against Notre Dame you could tell he wasn't and then KJ Jefferson I mean he, he's their offense and you know they want him to trust some of the guys around him more um, and I think that's an area that he's got to grow. But clearly, both guys have had great seasons so far. And it's interesting because Arkansas obviously wants to run the rock. 233 a game is a really good number, uh, one of the best in the country. And then BYU, certainly you'd think could take advantage of a depleted uh, and injured secondary uh, that's giving up, uh, well, as a team, 32 a game. And then 10th worst in yards allowed total. Granted, tough schedule again for AM, but. It feels like a BYU pass game versus an Arkansas rush game. Do you see it the same way, or is it more than that? I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say. you got you got two banged-up secondaries, so it, it is hard to say. Um, I, I think if I'm BYU, I'm probably taking shots down the field. I'm probably going at that secondary. 
I, I think Arkansas, I mean, KJ Jefferson is, is a dual threat and I think he's probably an underrated passer. I mean, I could, I could see them trying to throw the ball down the field too. I could see this being a high scoring game. I could, um, and they're obviously very good running the football. Uh, and you look at KJ Jefferson's numbers, they're not gaudy, but he does throw for 220. I mean, it's not, he's throwing for 150 a game. Um, and, you know, they've got Raheem Sanders, who is one of the top backs in the country statistically right now. Uh, I think Jaden Hazelwood is a guy to watch in this game. Uh, he, he hasn't been 100 percent transfer from Oklahoma. He's a guy who can make some big plays. And I think at some point, Arkansas is going to need some big plays through the air to win this game. Dave, BYU has won 18 of the last 19 games at home in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm sure that has BYU fans hopeful that after the Notre Dame loss, they can come back and bounce back against a very good Arkansas team. You travel all over the country and, and visit, you know, the top of top college football stadiums. When you look at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, what type of home field advantage is there in Provo compared to some of the other big time places you've been? First of all, we did the game last year that y'all lost. So uh, against Boise <laughs> right. State, but we also did the game two years ago against USC. So uh, we we brought good luck and bad luck. Um, I, we always like coming here. It's a beautiful area, and the stadium. It's just a gorgeous. It's as good as it gets for me in college football in terms of just how beautiful. Um, the city is, the mountains are, the setting. You know, the fact it's a mid-afternoon game, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 local. That's uh, each of the last two times we've been here. It was that same time. Uh, it's just a you know a great time of the day uh, for, for college football in general, especially here. I, I just, uh, in terms of the, the fan base and how involved they are, how much they care, uh, it did take us, I think, an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot last year after the game, which tells you the fans stayed till the end. And that was not a good day last year for, for BYU. But fans fans are great here. It's, it's a great place for college football. It really is. What's your sense of BYU right now? You mentioned the precipitous drop out of the top 25. But BYU fans not feeling great about the direction BYU is going. Uh, SEC team in Provo, rarity, just the second team ever to come into Provo, Mississippi State the other a couple times. And then at Liberty, sneaky, got at Boy State, at Stanford still on deck uh, in, the, in the back six here. What's your sense of what the Cougars are right now, where they're headed? Yeah, I mean, two straight 10-win seasons, and then you're looking at four and two, and I think this is a game that, that sends you in one direction or the other. If you win this game, you're probably headed to, you know, eight, nine wins. Uh, if you lose this game, I mean, maybe more than eight, nine wins. Um, you know, if you lose this game, yeah. I mean, the, the schedule is not easy. Um, I still think they're good enough, even if they don't win this game to, you know, to win eight, maybe nine. Uh, I think, you know, the injuries clearly have been a big issue for BYU. Um, I, you know, I don't know if they beat Oregon, but I think maybe, you know, if everybody's hundred percent last week, you know, I think there's a chance that there's a different outcome, or at least they play Notre Dame better. And maybe you feel a little bit better about BYU after that game. Um, I, I'm not ready to, to say yet that, you know, BYU is still not going to have a great year. Uh, but I think this, this is the type of game that can 
like I like I mentioned, can kind of send you in one direction or the other, depending on how it goes. Dave, as you look at position battles within this game, which one has your attention the most between BYU and Arkansas? Well, I think it's it's BYU. Probably, you know, their linebackers stopping. You know, Rocket Sanders, a running back. He's you know, 700 rushing yards. He leads the SEC. He's already got more rushing yards than he had all of last year. He's a big back at 6'2", 230. They will throw it to him as well. You know, he's averaging a couple catches a game. So uh, that that's that's the guy, you know, I think if BYU can stop him. So, you know, Peely and Bywater and, you know, Thule and Wilgar, I mean, those, those guys, I mean, obviously you'd love your defensive lineman to make those tackles, but assuming that, you know, you're going to have – you know, good, a good D-line against a good O-line, there's going to be opportunities. Those linebackers have got to make some plays. If he gets to the second level and they're getting chunk plays on the ground, it could be a long day. You like donuts, Dave, because they're busting out a chocolate uh, cougar tail tomorrow, which is unique <laughs> and special. Just second time ever. Uh, make sure you send some of those up to the booth. We got please. you. We uh, got you. I, I, was, I was excited just to see the helmets and the uniforms tomorrow. Uh, now that you've Mention something that's a little bit more tangible for, for me in terms of my tongue and my palate. Make sure, make sure one of those bad boys is sent up to the boot, please. All right, you got it. We're working on it right now, yeah. Dave. Hey, we appreciate you hanging right. out with us uh, on a Friday morning. Look forward to your call on ESPN tomorrow with Dusty Dvorak. And uh, let's do it again soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you later. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B, Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton here. Uh, I mentioned before the break, I spoke with Jaron Hall after the game. And uh, tough situation, one, after you didn't play a very good game, relatively speaking, to come out, address those concerns, the interception, the safety. But Jaron Hall is a leader. And you better believe I asked him about his shoulder and the injury and how much it was affecting him. Here is my interview with Jaron Hall after the loss against Notre Dame. Jaron, what a battle in the second half after, you know, just about as bad a first half as you could have hoped for. Uh, what was the mindset of the team in the locker room at halftime and coming back out into the second half? We had to, you know, band together, go play the offense that you know we're, we know we're capable of, and, and defensively to continue to do their thing. They played great all night, gave us a lot of opportunities, but you know we just we just made some adjustments at halftime, like we've you know been good at doing the last couple of weeks. But uh, yes, yeah, just not enough. You had some shots there uh, late in the game to get back in it. Um, to the team's credit, um, walk me through the idea behind the play call for Lopini Cato on the fourth and one. Yeah, one yard. Confident in that play that we have, we practice it all the time. Um, you know, just just didn't work out. And that's uh, you know, that's about it. Where else do you feel like this team could have executed at a higher level to make things easier on you tonight? Uh, I could have been better, taking care of the ball better. First play of the game, we throw a pick. It's uh, tough sledding, but uh, you know, we bounced back very well after that. And then uh, you know, just some other other situations where I just didn't I didn't make great decisions. Um, taking sacks when I shouldn't have, and you know that's on me. I got to be better with some of those drives, and you know really crucial times where we gave them momentum. So you know I got to look at that tape. I got to be better and put us in better situations. That's on me. So when when you uh, let's go back to that first drive, um, how much 
is your shoulder and, and your injury helping or affecting you in that moment? Yeah, no, no effect at all. You know, my shoulder's good. Um, contrary to a lot of what people think is going on, actually, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good and healthy. Um, just a, just a, a bad ball, plain and simple. And they, they made a play on it, and you know, that was that. You were able to open up the pass game in the, in the second half. What changed? Yeah, we just started taking shots over the middle. I got Cody involved, you know, really quickly. Yeah, they were doing some things, you know, exposing the middle of the field, and we were able to take advantage. Um, got the run game going throughout most of the game, and that really took a lot of, you know, stress off of us outside. Um, but again, just didn't get enough snaps the first half. Just, just didn't sustain enough drives. What'd you learn about your team tonight? Maybe that you didn't know before. Well, you know, we're, we're a really good team. You know, when we put everything together, we're a really good team. We just haven't haven't done that yet this year. Um, you know, we got to evaluate what's going on, and, and we got to do it now. So that'll be our focus this week. What's the key to starting fast? Because that's a growing theme this season. You got to keep drives going. You know, plain and simple. We got to stay ahead of the chains. We got to be better on first down. I think just get more positive yards. Um, keep us in you know second, third, and manageable. Um, but that's something we'll you know we'll look at. We'll be better at. You mentioned Cody Epps. Uh, what's working so well with him in the past game? Because he's emerging. Confidence. I mean, the kid. He studies a lot. Um, he looks at all, you know, everything that's being thrown at him. You know, he, he talks to me often throughout the week about what he's seeing so I can know what, you know, what he's going to do. And we just found ways to get him involved really well. So I'm really proud of him, and I'm excited to see him continue to grow in the player I know will be. What's top priority as you get ready for Arkansas next week? Uh, just, get back to, just get back to our roots. You know, we got to put the run game and the pass game together. That's when we're at our best. We just haven't done that this year. So whatever it takes, you know, I'm not sure right now what it is that we need to do differently, but that's what we got to figure out this week. Jaron Hall, BYU quarterback. Okay, a couple of things I just typed down as I was listening to it again. I've listened to it a few times, obviously. Um, he says, I'm fine. Like, my shoulder's fine, contrary to the reports that are out there. Like, when I got to the game, I was feeling fine. I, I don't. It doesn't seem like he's playing. not gonna. He's not. He, he, he's not gonna put it on. Like he's not an excuse maker. He's not gonna say I was hurt and yeah. that's why I didn't play. Yeah, he's not. He'll as never well. do he's that. He's not gonna say ever. That. But it it seems pretty obvious that something was up, right? Like that's so obvious. Yeah, but I asked him about that first throw. Okay, so how much of that first throw is on your injured shoulder? And he said, "It's not on my shoulder. It was just a bad ball." Are you buying that? What I'm buying is that BYU should never play Utah State again in football <laughs> because, yet again, we have an injury from that game. Like, there's no need to play those guys anymore. And, and Jaron Hall, it, that, I mean, that could be miscommunication. It looks like more miscommunication than, like, a bad throw. Oh, he's just on, also, he's, on he's got his, pressure he's in his, his face. back heel. He's got – well, that, that was his choice. Right. Right? Pressure, on, he's pressure got, because he's of the got pressure, pressure, he's on his back heel. Yeah. And maybe, but to miss the route on the first play is super weird. I like middle of the game, third down, clock's winding down, pressure moment in the red zone. That's different than we've scripted this, or this is clearly what we're going to do on the first play. Oh, by the way, let's go find you, Gunner. I would have loved for BYU to find Puka Nakul way more in this game, by the way. He is BYU's number one playmaker besides Jaron Hall, like skill position outside of the QB. Puka Nakul is such a weapon. BYU did not. Find him no at all. No catches. Yet. No one, catches. One run for 10 yards. And uh, three targets. And maybe, maybe the granted, hammy was giving him a hard time. Granted, he dropped the pass. That he, was inter- he was interfered. Yes. He dropped the pass. But even if he catches that, Spence, that's one, one grab. One catch. 
Way more Puka. Like, I want Michael Mayer level of targets. Well, Kalani Sitake said that. Puka. Was, we didn't get Puka the ball, and that was really frustrating. And BYU's got a lot of weapons. By the way, you know who's a dude officially? Like, officially after that game? Cody Epps. Absolutely. He's a dude. He is a dude. Like, on both of his touchdowns, whoo! Like, the one at the goal line burns his man. The like, arrow. Run an arrow. Like, BYU does not always have that guy. You know what I'm saying? Footwork, like, they have that guy. Preparation. Like, he's next-level talent. Outran, like, three or four dudes. To get the other touchdown. Uh, Cody, Cody Epps is a dude. Keanu Hill's a dude. Gunnar Romney. Puka, let's go. Why you be better on first down? Is it that simple to starting quicker? It's not, but that would help. That wraps up the best of BYU Sports Nation this week. Tune in next Saturday for the Cougar news you need to hear. And catch the BYU Sports Nation simulcast every day at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio. BYU.